0: First picture on the PowerPoint. Many of you, uh, if not most of you, will know this picture, although those who are new to us probably don't. This is the evangelist George Jeffries laying the foundation stone of what was Bridge Street, our old church building just a quarter of a mile down the road. The year is 1931. If you look closely, you will not see me in that photo but I think Pastor Andy Lancaster is there somewhere. <laughs> Before moving to Bridge Street, the congregation met in Bickerdike Street, which isn't there now, but is not far from here, just up the road and off York Road. The man stood next to George Jeffries is Pastor Dewitt, who was the first pastor of Bridge Street. The people in the crowd are the first Bridge Street congregation. There are predecessors. When they were in Bickerdike Street, they were a small congregation, but they had a heart for mission. It it coursed through their veins, a a real heart for mission, and that lives with us today. We're still that kind of church, that heart of mission. It's never gone. It's it's still a part of who we are. That mission to see people come to faith and come into relationship with Jesus. George Jeffries was saved as a 15-year-old boy in the Great Welsh Revival, of 1904 and if you've never read about that revival just google it it'll come up read it 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 will just your heartbeat will just go faster and you'll pray more and more for revival than you ever have done it talks of miners on their way home from work suddenly drawn to the church the churches would be crowded out and men and women falling on their knees in repentance and coming to christ in their thousands and it's an amazing story Jeffreys was a man for a season with what can only be described as an extraordinary anointing. As an evangelist, he went to city after city seeing thousands come to Christ everywhere he went. And everywhere he went, just about, he left a church. Thousands come to Christ, he leaves a church. And that is how the Elan Pentecostal movement was born. George Jeffreys, everywhere he went, leaving a church, and others joined him and planted churches as well. And everywhere he went, he saw amazing, wonderful miracles. It was in 1927 that Pastor Dewitt and the small congregation of Bickerdike Street invited George Jeffries for a two-week evangelistic mission here in Leeds. That two-week mission saw over 2,000 people come to faith and as a result of that mission, the church building was too small. It took them four years of hiring different venues around Leeds City Centre. Some of those venues are still there now, used for very different things. I believe the Carriage Works Theatre was one of those venues back in the day. And they, they went round different venues until they bought the plot of land at Bridge Street. And this is them on that plot of land at Bridge Street laying the foundation stone. Karen and I used to lead a house group many years ago uh, in Seacroft in Gilbert and Sylvia Pearson's home. Some of the Bridge Street people will remember them. And we used to pick up an old man called Frank Reed. And we used to love getting Frank to tell his testimony and his story. Frank was very unassuming, uh, very much in the background. And we used to take him home and drop him off. And say, tell, you know, we just used to love getting him talking about because Frank was there. Frank was there at the Jeffreys campaign and he had so many wonderful stories to tell. But Frank became a Christian at that 1927 campaign. And Frank would say to us, he said, look, I didn't really want to go to the meeting, but the boss invited me and I didn't say no. Frank was very pragmatic about how he became a Christian. Frank witnessed a miracle at one of the meetings. And Frank simply said, look, I, I saw this thing with my own eyes and I saw the power of God and I thought, I can do no other than give my life to him. And the miracle that Frank witnessed was of a man called James Gregson. This particular miracle was reported far and wide, even reached the papers in London. James Gregson had a nasty accident while working in the coal mine. He was taken to hospital, but back in the day, there was not a lot that could be done for him. He had broken bones, he had a serious spine injury, he was in pain all the time and in his own words this is what he says I became hopeless and helpless. I had to creep along the ground my legs were twisted and I dragged them along in a cross position. I could not sit but had to lay down. My life was a misery The Leeds newspapers were picking up on some of the miracles that were happening at the Jeffreys campaign, and Gregson's wife was reading one of the articles, and she says, we're going to one of these meetings. It was the same meeting that Frank went to. Frank saw James Gregson. He'd been carried to the front of the meeting and laid on the floor. In fact, Frank knew Gregson, didn't know him well, but knew of him because he was quite well known in circles because it was just a pitiful sight to see him. Frank said when Gregson had been prayed for, he could hear some clicking noises. So let me take up the story in Gregson's own words. When I was prayed for, I felt as if a dozen hands were placed all over my body, and I felt every bone going back into place. I was instantly released from my bondage, and I was completely healed. I was only skin and bone, my eyes were sunk in my head. Inside two weeks I had gained two stone and I continued to put on flesh. I was able to go back to work as strong as ever and I've never lost a day's work since. An amazing, amazing story. And the connection with us is that some years later, James Gregson became caretaker at Bridge Street in our old building. Bridge Street was born out of a move of God. A move of the spirit that saw thousands come to Christ and many healed. That is our heritage. And while we thank God for his goodness and grace over this fellowship, over many years, over a hundred years. I think we trace our beginning back to round about 1910. So over a hundred years, we thank God for his grace and that his continued grace of saving people. It must by now be thousands of people that have come to Christ through the ministry of Bridge Street and Bridge Community Church. People sent out to the mission field seeing more and more people come to Christ. And the poor helped. And situations transformed by the power of the gospel. We thank God. For his amazing grace. And the things he continues to bless us with. We thank him for wonderful miracles. We thank him for the weekly. We see these God stories appearing in the bulletin. Of people who have encountered the healer. And the one who sets people free. We thank God for his wonderful miracles of provision. In the move to this place. We thank him for prophetic words. That we have seen come to pass with our own eyes. Some of us who were. Part of the journey from beginning to end, some of the trustees, particularly Andy Good and myself, we've stood in places and we have stood in awe. We have heard people who are not even Christians say things that you just stand in awe and you say, God spoke and now we're seeing it with our own eyes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have so much to thank God for, but our hearts cry is this, more Lord. More of you more of your glory, more of your power. Habakkuk the prophet prays in chapter 3, verse 1 of his letter, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord, but renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. So we pray for a fresh encounter. We pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit on this place, on our lives, on this next part of our journey, our history. So I ask you this morning, what about you? Where are you in your relationship with God? Are you as close as you've ever been or drifting? Do you feel a million miles away? Do you not feel anything much at all? I don't really mind where you are, but I want to say to you this morning, from where you are, would you take the smallest of steps, the smallest of glances, and begin afresh to look to Jesus and look to Him? Will you just take a step in that direction and pray, Lord, here I am. You know where I am, but I'm praying for a fresh encounter in Jesus' name. We pray his kingdom come in increasing measure in this place, in our time. Our aim has never been to live in the past. But we have tried to honour the past. We don't want to lose sight of our heritage, but we know our God is not just the God of yesterday, he's the God of today and forever. But we don't want to lose sight of what God has done through incredible men and women And part of honouring the past has meant that in September 2015, when this building was partially built, we met in Bridge Street. And there's a a picture coming up now of us meeting in Bridge Street. You'll see, there's us. Uh, I'll need to put my glasses on for this next bit. We met in Bridge Street. That was 2015. How many people here were there on that day? Wow. Praise God you're still with us. It was an amazing day, truly amazing day. The city came to a standstill, roads were closed, there's a story about that I haven't got time to tell you, but we saw the provision of God and the hand of God in wonderful ways. And you see our predecessors, when they moved from Bickerdike Street to Bridge Street, they did what they called a march of witness from the old building to the new building. And so we were doing the same thing. To, to stand with them and to say, yes, we, we, we honor the past and, and our heritage and we don't want to let it go. We want to stir it up. We want to stir up that fire and stir up that flame. And so that's what we did. We marched to the new place. We came here when it was kind of only halfway up. And we laid a new foundation stone and we brought the old foundation stone that George Jeffries laid. We took it out, brought it with us, and they are side by side. If you go out the front doors, turn left, you'll see them. Here's the picture of the day on the right. You can't see the foundation stones there, but I can assure you, towards the back left, Pastor John Lancaster and Pastor Lionel Curry are unveiling both stones. And that was a picture I always wanted to try and make happen. Something that kind of looked like how it was in 19... It looks nothing like 1931, does it? But you get the sense of what I'm trying to say. And everyone who was part of that day knows it was a God day, a God-honoring day. So we thank God for our heritage. George Jeffries and the early Pentecostals preached what was referred to as the four-square gospel. In fact, Bridge Street was known for many years as the four-square gospel church. And the Foursquare Gospel was around four themes. Jesus the Saviour, Jesus the Healer, Jesus the Baptiser in the Holy Spirit, Jesus the Coming King. And all of those are foundational doctrines for us as Bridge Community Pentecostal Church. And over the next few weeks, they are the topics that different members of the pastoral team will teach on. And the real heart of this morning and the next few weeks is to focus on Jesus I can't think of a better theme or focus to start a new year than to focus afresh on him. The prayer of our hearts is not just that we will learn truth, although we do want to learn truth. But the prayer of our hearts is that there will be a fresh encounter. A fresh encounter for everybody. A fresh encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. A fresh encounter with the Saviour. A fresh encounter with the healer. Let there be an outbreak of healing in Jesus' name. A fresh encounter with the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. May you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. A fresh encounter with the coming King. We pray. Father in heaven, pour out your spirit on us afresh. Grant by your grace and mercy over these next few weeks a fresh encounter with Jesus. And maybe... Maybe you might want to increase your prayer times over this next few weeks. We've never got enough time. Never. There's always stuff to crowd out our time. So maybe you might want to fast as a way of expressing your heart and desire, but perhaps as a way of making some time. Maybe you'll fast from social media. Maybe give Facebook a night off. Maybe give the telly a night off. Whatever it is for you to show the earnestness of your desire, maybe you will join us and over this month of January, this beginning of this new year, you'll set your stall out and you say, God, your face will I seek. I will seek your face. And I pray that God will increase our desire for him. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I'm really sorry to say it, but my desire for God is not where it should be. The busyness of life, so much crowds in, doesn't it? I pray God, in this season, increase our desire for Him. Increase our desire for His Word. Increase our passion for Jesus. James 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. And I pray as you make the effort to draw near to God, I pray you will have a fresh, life-changing encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in Jesus' name. When Jesus had died on the cross... It was so discouraging for the disciples. It is impossible to go through life, whether you're a Christian or not, and not to have seasons of discouragement, disappointment. You can't go through life and not find that somehow, somewhere, they are a part of the journey. And the disciples, they were so dejected, they were so discouraged. And then Matthew 28 records the story of the women going to visit the tomb Jesus is dead, they know he's buried, and they're going to visit the tomb, and, and they are so down and dejected. And then Matthew tells us of the incredible moment when the angel says to them, he's not here, he's risen. And the women uh, hurry off to tell the other disciples, and verse 9 of Matthew 28 says this. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet. And worshipped him. Suddenly. Jesus met them. A suddenly moment. A moment of fresh encounter with Jesus. Right in the place of discouragement. Right in that place of difficulty. Not even what they were expecting. They went to anoint a dead body. and Right there. An encounter that moved them to a whole new place of worship. They clasped his feet and worshipped him. Right there in that difficult place. A fresh vision of who Jesus was. He wasn't dead. We don't need to anoint a body. He's alive and he's conquered death and hell and sin. A fresh vision. Suddenly. In the moment of gloom and darkness. Jesus met them. And I pray with all my heart. That as you draw near to him, whatever sacrifices you make in the next month, and you will only get out what you put in, you will reap what you sow. Whatever sacrifices you put in the next month, to draw aside, to draw to him, I pray that as you draw near to him, even amid challenge, even amid discouragement, I pray for suddenly moments. Moments of fresh encounter with the living God. Moments that will move you to a whole new place of worship. A place that you have not experienced for a long time. A place that you remember. It's in the past, but I pray it will be in the present in Jesus' name. The Apostle John, in old age, he's exiled. He's sent to an island called Patmos. He's sent there as a punishment for being a Christian. Patmos is a place of desperation. It's a place of hopelessness. It's a place of restriction, no opportunity. It's an island just eight miles by four miles. Nothing on it other than other exiles, criminals. It's not a great place to be. The Apostle John, he's experienced everything. He's bought the t-shirt, he's worn the t-shirt, he's been there, seen it, done it. He lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus. He saw blind eyes restored. He saw people raised from the dead. He was there on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came in tongues of fire and he prophesied and he spoke in tongues. Yet in an old age, in the most unlikely of places, he would have the greatest encounter of his life. And I want to say to some people here this morning, your greatest encounter in Christ is yet to come in Jesus' name. You may be. In older age. You may have walked a long time, but your greatest encounter is ahead of you in the name of Jesus. In Revelation chapter 1, John tells us in verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a voice. How did John do that? He's on Patmos, he's got criminals, he's got unsavory people around, he's in isolation, he has no fellowship, (laughs) there's nobody around him. But somehow, someway, he manages to turn his heart to Jesus. Jesus. In the situation. And he says, I heard a voice. And when John turned to look, he tells us, I saw someone like a son of man dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, and his eyes were blazing like fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of the rushing waters. His face was like the sun shining in its all its glory. And when I saw him... I fell at his feet as dead. In the place of restriction. In the place of confinement. In the place of isolation, which might describe exactly where you are. John has a fresh encounter with Jesus and it moves him to a whole new place of worship. It brings him to a place of fresh vision of who Jesus is, even in the darkest of places. Wherever you are, whether it's a place of restriction, a place of confinement, a place of struggle, the risen Lord Jesus Christ can meet you there. He can meet you in that place. I pray again that your greatest encounters with Jesus are yet to come. Like the Apostle John, you may have wonderful encounters with Jesus yesterday and yesteryear, You may have many stories you can tell of moments of encounter, moments where you were so aware of his presence. Moments of answered prayer, moments of blessing, moments of Holy Spirit outpouring on your life. And you prophesied and and you worshipped in a way you hadn't for a long time. And maybe you spoke in tongues. Maybe you can speak of all those kind of stories. Great. We thank God for the past. You may have experienced all kinds of things. We thank God for all of that. But he's not just a God of the past. He's the God of the present. He's the God of the future. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of succeeding generations. He is the God who gives fresh bread for today. Is anybody hungry? There's fresh bread today. Fresh bread today. Is anybody thirsty? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are thirsty, and I will quench that thirst. He is the God who gives fresh bread today. His mercies, they are new every morning. I pray for you. I pray fresh bread in Jesus' name. I pray fresh grace. I pray new mercies over your life. Pressed down, shaken together, running over in the name of Jesus. Right where you are. You don't need to change the situation. You don't need to get over worried about the situation. You need to turn to him in the situation. And I pray your place of restriction will become your place of encounter. I pray your place of restriction Will become your place of worship. And awe. And wonder. I pray your place of restriction. Will become a place of blessing. Genesis 39 tells us. Joseph went to prison. For something he didn't do. It was a place of restriction. A place of no opportunity. But even there the Bible tells us. Joseph prospered. In prison. No opportunity. Joseph prospered Genesis 3921 tells us right there in that place Joseph experienced the favor of God and in a place of no opportunity read the text for yourself it says he was promoted in Jesus name. Amen. I pray for you with everything I have whatever your context, whatever your circumstances, whatever your surroundings I pray for a visitation of the favor of God in Jesus name. Amen. I pray your place of restriction will become a place of promotion in the name of Jesus. I pray the favor of God right where you are in your life. Luke 24 records the story of two disciples walking along the Mayus Road. And they're discussing all that was going on. They didn't know what to think. They'd seen Jesus crucified. He was dead. They knew that. But then the women were saying, we've seen him. He's alive. And they don't know what to make of it. And as they walk along, they're trying to make sense of it all, like we do sometimes. Trying to make sense of God and faith and questions and things we don't understand, as these were doing. And verse 15 says, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. What are you talking about? Jesus asks. Jesus of Nazareth, they say. He was a prophet and we had hoped he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. But he was sentenced to death. And, but now some of our friends are saying he's alive. We don't know what to make of it. Verse 27 says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. The two men invite Jesus in. It's late in the day. They've been walking a long time on that road. And so they say, look, come in, spend the night, come and have food with us. Verse 30 says this. When he was at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? They went and found the other disciples and told them, it is true. The Lord is alive. He's risen. risen. In the breaking of the bread, they had a fresh encounter with Jesus. In the moment of eating and drinking, in the moment of the breaking of the bread, their eyes were open and they had a fresh vision of him. Now their confusion turned to confidence. Now their unanswered questions answered, Jesus is alive. Now they had a message before they had no message. Now they had a purpose before that they weren't sure. These two men invited Jesus for a meal. The wonderful truth this morning is that Jesus invites us to a meal to take and eat, to take and drink, to remember his suffering, to celebrate his victory. He invites each and every one of us, no matter where you are in your relationship and your journey, right now here, he invites every one of us, draw near. Draw near to me. And I pray that as you take and eat this morning, I pray as you take and drink, I pray your eyes will be opened in a fresh way. Jesus was with them on the road. I don't know how many hours they walked on the road. It was obviously a long time. It got dark. Jesus was with them on the road, though they couldn't see it. And I want to say to some of you here this morning, Jesus is on the road with you. It might be a difficult road, but he's on the road with you. You might not be able to see it. You might not be able to feel it. Amid grief and confusion and the things that come into our lives, sometimes the road is so, so difficult. But I want you to know this morning, the risen Lord Jesus Christ is on that road with you. And he is our refuge. He is our strength. He is the one who is more than able to do abundantly more than all we can ask or seek or imagine. He is the one who can pour in a strength that comes from heaven itself that will get you down that road. I pray your eyes be opened in Jesus' name in a fresh way. May you see His grace afresh. Oh, we take His grace for granted, don't we? We take and eat and we take and drink and we can easily not really think, appreciate. May you see afresh His grace to forgive. Fresh grace to forgive sin, to cleanse, to restore, to renew. You can leave here this morning a different person. You can leave some stuff behind. You can leave some baggage. You can leave some attitude. You can leave some sinful practice. You can leave it right here. Right at the altar. And maybe for you this morning in the breaking of the bread. Maybe before you break the bread. Maybe. God's invitation to you is to drink of his grace afresh. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to confess, not to a human, not to me, but to God who is here. And before you take a knee, maybe you want to get things right with God this day. I tell you this morning, when you take one step in His direction, He flies into your direction. He wraps His arms around you. And If you will repent, if you will confess your sin, the Bible says He's faithful, He's just, He will forgive, He will cleanse. Maybe. A fresh encounter for you this morning its a fresh encounter of grace. I pray that you will have a fresh encounter of His love for you. Again, we take it so much for granted. A love that left behind the splendor of heaven, coming right to where you were. I am forever grateful that God came to where I was. Because I wasn't in a great place. I was in a place that was going nowhere. But Jesus came. And you were in a place, it wasn't a great place. You were in a place that was going nowhere, but Jesus came. And he came driven by a love that is, we can't measure it, it's so high says Paul, so wide, so deep, you can't get your head round it. I pray as you break the bread today. As you drink of the cup today, as you prepare your heart for communion, I pray you will be overwhelmed with the fresh sense of the God that loves you and gave himself for you. I pray in a fresh way, you'll be overwhelmed knowing afresh you are a much-loved son, a much-loved daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. May you be moved to a whole new place of worship. Like the men on the Emmaus Road and the women at the tomb, may you in a fresh way know Jesus is alive. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the coming king. The writer in Hebrews chapter 1 says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Later on in chapter 12, the writer exhorts us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author, he's the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the author of our faith. In other words, he came to where we were. He chose us. He has begun a good work in you and me. He's the perfecter of our faith. In other words, he will never, ever give up on us. Are you glad about that this morning? I mean, I would give up on me sometimes if I'm honest. I would. And maybe you would give up on yourself. But I say, don't do that because God hasn't given up on you either. He will never give up on you. The one who began a good work in you, he will bring it on to completion in Jesus' name. So I pray in closing, that at the beginning of a new year, we will indeed fix our eyes on Jesus. And in doing so, may our eyes be opened. And may we encounter afresh the one who is the radiance of God's glory and the sustainer of all things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's stand together, friends.